Homeowners insurance. Why have rates gone up? What's gonna happen after Hurricane Ian and more? Stick around, you're not gonna want Hey everyone, welcome back to my channel. My name is Matt Light and I'm a realtor here in Sarasota, Florida. I make videos on Sarasota, Sarasota real estate, and as well as kind of what's the latest trends going on with our market. And today I'm really excited to have an insurance agent on to ask some kind of tough questions. Um, and we're going to hit some four main topics. We're going to talk about insurance premiums. Why have they gone up so drastically over the last few years? We're going to talk about hurricane insurance versus flood insurance. What's the difference? Do you need to have flood insurance? We're going to talk about the impact that Hurricane Ian's going to have on future rates. Um, maybe, uh, you know, everything with potentially companies going bankrupt. And we're going to talk about what happens if your house flooded from Hurricane Ian, but you didn't have flood insurance. Is it still covered? So I want to welcome a friend of mine. Uh, he is an insurance agent with Allstate. His name is Nino Gansatano. I refer Nino to dozens of clients every single year. He is someone that I trust, and I'm glad that he agreed to come on today and talk about what's going on. So Nino, welcome to the show. Give my audience a little bit of background of what is it that you do as an insurance agent? Sure, man. I appreciate it. Uh, so uh, our agency here uh, in Sarasota, uh, we've been around for about 17 years. I started in 2003. Uh, uh, we're a, a family-owned local agency, obviously, and uh, uh, we specialize in property and casualty insurance, which is the personal lines for most folks, uh, home, auto, motorcycles, boats, that sort of thing. So obviously, uh, you know, uh, taking pride and taking care of the clients, uh, you know, that personal touch, uh, similar to what you provide your clients. Um, uh, but ultimately trying to educate. Education is super important here in Florida, uh, especially with a lot of folks moving down here from yeah. different states. They may not be used to uh, how things work, uh, or they might be used to how it worked there, but not mm -hmm. uh, don't know how it works here. And, and things, uh, uh, things have, have changed dramatically uh, over the last few years, uh, which I think we're going we're gonna to hit on a few of those points. Yeah, definitely. So let's jump in. Let's jump kind of right in, and I'm going to go ahead and put these questions up kind of as we as we go through. So I bought a house, a brand new house in 2019. My insurance rate was 645 bucks a year. I thought, you know, deal of a lifetime. This is great. Right. Then all of a sudden a year later, that thing went up double. It was over, it's over $1,200, $1,300 a year now. Why in the last two, three years have insurance premiums gone up more than double? Sure. So there's a lot of different factors that are going into it. Uh, you know, primarily uh, reinsurance costs uh, and, and reinsurance is what the insurance insurance policies that the insurance companies purchase to cover uh, you know, cover losses or excessive losses that they don't carry. I mean, they're not carrying that liquid cash, you know, in their coffers to, you know, pay for claims. So in a disaster situation, ultimately they file insurance claims with their insurance companies, uh, and and that that price has has skyrocketed. Um, I'm sure you've probably heard, and, and probably some of the folks that are viewing have probably heard, you know, the news stories about insurance fraud and that sort of thing. That is uh, uh, running rampant in the state. So, okay? so what is insurance fraud? So ultimately, what it's what it's boiled down to at this point. So let's 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 rewind a little bit. Let's go back to uh, Hurricane Irma. 
Hurricane Irma was yeah. a, about five years ago, I believe, at, at this point. So yeah. this is kind of where things started. Mm -hmm. So um, claims started, obviously, wind damage, that sort of thing. Uh, they started off as legitimate claims. People had damage and that sort of thing. Um, and, and, you know, as the years progressed, ultimately, the, uh, the roofers kind of figured out that, you know, ultimately they could, you know, they could go into neighborhoods and basically uh, claim wind damage on a roof. And under Florida law, if 25% of the roof is damaged, then the entire roof must be replaced. That's, that's current, current law, the way it stands. Um, and, and ultimately they were capitalizing on that, that type of situation. And, um, the attorneys are involved, which, and I'll give you a, a stat here real quick, which is, yeah. which is staggering to kind of figure it out. So between 2013 and 2020, the insurance companies in Florida on the property side paid out $15 billion in claims. Okay. Of that $15 billion, 71% uh, was paid to attorneys. 8% went to the consumer. So if you wow. can figure those numbers out, um, Florida is a very pro-attorney state. Uh, yes. <laughs> so it, you know, fee multipliers and, and charges and those types of things, the attorneys are the ones that are, are really, really making the majority of, of the money here uh, and are going to continue to do it as long as, as long as the laws are in place that allow them to do that. So uh, short term, the insurance companies, their only recourse in that situation is to raise rates. OK, that's right. short term. Long term, it's going to take legislative changes, which, you know, they had a special session back in May. Uh, DeSantis called the special session in, in into uh, uh, up in Tallahassee to try and cap some of these things to make it a little bit more difficult for, um, you know, attorneys and that sort of thing to to capitalize on that. So there were some things put in place. I don't think uh, it was a, a minor Band-Aid. Yeah, I do think. Uh, it's going to take more uh, legislation and changes in the law in order to get that under uh, under control. Um, so, again, short term, uh, short term, I, I, I do think, and we're going to talk a little bit more. Obviously, yeah, right. this was prior to Hurricane Ian. Okay, so yeah, prior right. to Hurricane Ian, I think they were working on it. Um, yeah, we'll we'll get to the Hurricane Ian <laughs> right. aspect in, in a little bit. Don't yeah. don't give it away yet. No, no, <laughs> oh, you're not. So then, you know, so basically, insurance fraud was. I mean, I guess there's there's not really a way to prove it. If a roofer is coming in, a licensed roofer, and he's saying, hey, listen, you got 25% that had wind damage from Irma. Right. Your roof is 19 years old. Got to so have it replaced. Yeah. They're looking at neighborhoods that that they know need roof replacement yep. sooner than later. Okay. So quick example, door to door. I, I've had it at my in my neighborhood. Obviously, yep. we live close to one another, but, but yep. ultimately, door to door knockers. Hey, uh, we're doing roofs in your neighborhood. Uh, they had some wind damage from a, a storm that happened back in, you know, uh, May, whatever it might be. Doesn't even have to be a hurricane, but basically selling you on the fact that, hey, we can file an insurance claim. We can get you a free roof. OK, so you sign you sign the the contract, which is an assignment of benefit. OK, yeah. which is a different situation. OK, they file the claim with your insurance company. Insurance company comes out. They view the roof. They say, "Well, there's no wind damage. This is this is mm. a this is a wear and tear. I mean, it's an old roof. It needs yeah. to be replaced. We're denying the claim." Okay. Well, the roofer already knows that the claim is going to be denied, and they already have their attorney ready to go. So at that point, the attorney files suit against the insurance company for the roof. So now the yeah. insurance company has two choices. Okay. They either 
pay the roof, okay, or they take it to trial. So if they take it to trial, now they have to hire attorneys and there's no guarantee that they win that. Okay. So 90% of the time they're just settling with uh, and paying the roof, even though they know that it, that it's not a legitimate claim, but it's cheaper to do that than it is to potentially fight that. And go to trial. So, and, and, and regardless of those two circumstances, the insurance company is still on the hook for the attorney's fees either way. So the insurance company loses both, both ways. And if the insurance company lose, the consumer is going to lose because the buck is being passed to the consumer. Right. Okay. All right. So that makes sense. And obviously, like you said, you know, these insurance carriers, they all have other insurance, you know, for those and that went up. So that's just going to be passed off to the consumer. Um, So let's, let's kind of keep, keep moving through today. Um, You know, what is the difference, you know, when, when somebody, one of my clients, they go to you and they say, you know, Nina, we get, we got to get insurance on our house. Sure. You know, they get, you see in every policy, see, you know, hurricane insurance is in there. Flood insurance is totally different. Correct. What's the difference between having hurricane insurance on your home versus having flood insurance? Sure. So hurricane insurance is going to protect you for uh, uh, basically the winds as a result of the hurricane. Okay. So your roof blows off. Okay. You're covered. Your roof blows off and you have rain damage in the home. That's covered. Okay. Um, The situation, look at flood as an act of God, a rising water situation. This isn't, I broke a water pipe or a water line on my fridge and my, and my, my kitchen flooded. That's not a flood by definition. Okay. So it's an act of nature, act of God. Uh, that's going to bring water. So it's a rising water situation into the home. That could be via storm surge. That could be uh, via the fact that the lift stations uh, for the sewers have failed. The water backs up into the street. The street then uh, uh, boils over into your and your neighbors, uh, uh, you know, between the homes and then water enters that way. So a flood can be deemed as little as two properties. Um, And if you have a, a water situation in that in that aspect, okay, there's big, bold letters in all policies in Florida and, and, and pretty much around the United States that says this policy does not cover flood. And, okay. and that's, that's a big issue because a lot of the folks you'll hear, well, we're not in a flood zone. Okay. Well, let me tell everybody, the entire state of Florida is a flood zone. Okay. Right. It's just a matter of whether you're lower risk or higher risk. Right. Or if your lender requires it. Correct. So the lender is only going to require that if you're in a a higher risk zone. Okay. Those are your A zones, your AE zones, V zones, which are title zones. Uh, Low risks are going to be X, B, and C. Those zones do not require, mortgages are not going to be uh, a a requirement for flood. Um, But we can go into, and again, looking at Northport, uh, just south of us, that the majority of those were in low risk zones and, and they were evacuating homes after the hurricane because yeah. of the flooding on the Mayaka River. Right. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty sure everybody who lives here in Sarasota County, you got that like 4 a.m. voicemail that the levee had broken out in Mayaka yeah. and 15 foot storm surge coming in. And <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it was it was yeah, it was uh, unprecedented. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. OK, so moving on. Um, what is the impact that you think? And I know you're kind of looking your crystal ball here, Nino. Right. Predict the future for me. What do you think Hurricane Ian? I don't know. You might know how many claims have already been filed. Have you been getting a ton here in Sarasota? But the damage, I don't know if you know the, the dollar amount of damage caused from Hurricane Ian. But do you think overall for Florida, people mm-hmm. looking to relocate here to Florida, right. 
is insurance premiums just going to go through the roof because of Hurricane Ian? I, I definitely, I definitely think they're going to increase uh, uh, um, the the dollar amount. I, I would say substantially. I just don't know specifically what we're looking at yet until the dust settles. Yeah. Um, I don't know the specific amounts of claims. I mean, I can tell you right now within our agency, we've had probably about four hundred claims. Uh, just out of our agency, and 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 we primarily do business uh, in uh, Sarasota, Manatee. Right, not uh, Fort Myers, not Naples. No, and we do have we do have clients down there, and, and that's yeah. a different. Uh, and I can get into that as far as that area versus our area, as far as the counties yeah. are concerned. But um, I, I think I think it's going to have a major impact. I, I do think uh, before the end of the year, you probably will see at least another few companies that are going to be put into receivership uh, uh, from the state of Florida that will be uh, dissolved. Um, so basically, that, that's a fancy way of saying they're going bankrupt. Correct. Correct. Okay. So I, I don't know how many, but I knew that there was because of the the financial issues with a lot of these carriers prior to this. Yeah. Um, I just can't see long term um, that they would be able to uh, financially recover from that. So ultimately, what that does is you're going to take more uh, more competition out of the market. OK, um, the companies are going to crack down. It's going to be harder to get homeowners insurance. Um, now explain that. Why, what do you, what factors are going to make it harder to get homeowners insurance? I, I think the companies that are going to be left standing are going to get a little bit more picky as to what they want. And, and obviously you could probably tell just over the last uh, a year or so that, you know, the roofing situation, these companies like, you know, the, I mean, companies weren't taking a, a shingle roof over 10 years old. Yeah. So I think you're going to see more of that and that could be amplified. Um, a majority of our companies still in Sarasota and uh, uh, into Charlotte counties are still shut down, meaning that we can't close. If somebody's looking to close, we can't buy new business. Okay. Um, they're gradually starting to open. I mean, they're open most of the state except for the areas that were directly directly yeah. affected. Um, but I, but I think I think long term, um, I definitely think we're going to see uh, additional uh, additional rates coming, um, and and some of those could be could be quite significant. Uh, I mean, you could probably see anywhere from another twenty to forty uh, percent okay. on top of where we are now. And, uh, but again, until the dust settles, they find out where you know where they where they stand. Um, it, it's going to be hard to predict. But I mean, I cannot see how this could. Um, not have a, a a major effect as far as price point, uh, you know, in the upcoming years. Yeah, no, that make that makes sense. And for those of you, you know, tuning in and watching today, I did a uh, a live stream with an attorney here in Sarasota, uh, Natalie Coldiron, with Williams Parker downtown in Sarasota, and we talked about uh, what to do when you have an older roof and what things need to align with a lender, with an insurance agent, you know, allowing things to happen with a roof that is older because oftentimes if you're getting a mortgage and you can't get insurance because it's a 15, 16, 18 year old roof, you're not buying that house period right. unless you're cash or you. Know, so there's a lot of different things. So you're definitely going to want to go check that out. Um, or, you know, you're definitely going to want to make sure that the, the realtor that you're using understands and knows because there's nothing worse than finding your favorite, you know, your dream home, you got to have home. And then all of a sudden you go through inspections, you go through these things, you spent all this money, you're, you're boxing up your things. And then 
it's just not going to happen. Why? Because we can't get the final loan approval because we can't bind our insurance. Right. And, and, I, and I would tell your, your clients and obviously, um, you know, prepper early preparation um, for that. I mean, when you're when you're when you're looking at houses and, yeah. and, and that sort of thing, doing your due diligence and your homework on the insurance side is going to be yeah. even more important moving forward. I mean, it was important over the last 12 months, but it's going to be even more important. I think moving forward. Yeah. So, and that's why like I've utilized you a ton. Like I've texted yeah. you addresses and said, Hey, Nino, right. this is the age of this. This is this. What are we looking at? Because right. I don't want to waste my time or my client's time or the right. other realtor and the other seller's time. If I already know we're going to have huge, huge issues. And the thing that I find in selling real estate is there's a lot of agents they don't understand and they're not educated because you don't need to know these things to get your real estate license. If you have a pulse and you can pass a test, ultimately you can go get your real estate license in the state of Florida. I think really any state is probably like that. Um, But this is a big factor, especially in Florida. And so this is why you're going to want, you know, an agent that understands these things because you don't want to get your hopes up and, you know, getting ready to close on something and it doesn't happen because it could have all been taken care of on the beginning end of when you were searching for a house. And so I have this conversation oftentimes when I've got clients not looking for new construction. I do a ton of that, but looking for a resale of, hey, we're looking for, you know, age of roof. And well, Matt, you know, there's a lot of offers on this house, Matt. And, you know, I know the roof's really old. That's great. I can tell you right now, all these offers, if there's a loan involved, they're not buying the house. They might go under contract. It might be pending. But I guarantee you it's going to come back on the market because I already know they can't get insurance on it. Um, So, Nino, I want to finish up with, um, you know, the last question. And maybe, you know, this is kind of huge with people down right right now, really, in in, in Northport, is let's say you are in flood zone X. Mm-hmm. You're not considered a high risk flood zone and, and, and right. you know, uh, a lender would not require you to have flood insurance. So right. the vast majority of people do not have flood insurance because they don't want to they don't want to pay for it. There's never been an issue ever with it. Sure. sure. Their house just flooded. They have, you know, homeowners insurance, no flood insurance, but their house flooded, maybe one, two feet. Floors are destroyed. Drywall. Are they kind of out of luck? What do they do? Yeah. So in, in that situation, a hundred percent, they're going to be out of luck. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if, if that home, the same home that you, you two inches or whatever, I mean, a foot or two of water. Okay. Everything at that water line and below is flood insurance. Okay. Anything above that water line. So if they lost roof shingles or something like that, their roof was damaged. Sure. You can file a claim. Uh, and, and you may have a partial payout for some of some of that coverage, but as far as that water damage, yeah, your your SOL. I mean, that's the, yeah. I mean, you're literally going to be filing on the FEMA website for assistance, um, or you know they're doing the SBA loans um, and, and that sort of thing for uh, for that type of situation. So it's it's a major problem. There are. I believe I want to say about 11 million homes in Florida. I mean, don't quote yeah. me exactly. I won't I, quote you on it, but this is recorded. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's about 11 million households. I, I want to yeah. say, and there's only about 13 percent of the uh, households in Florida that have flood insurance. Okay, that, that's interesting because what that tells me, and obviously in real estate, I tell my audience this all the time. If you've called me on the phone and we've chatted, it takes usually seven to 10 months to see the effects of something higher interest rates, seven to tons, right. seven to 10 months later, we're going to feel it. You know, we're printing a ton of money infusing the economy seven to ton, 10 months later, we're going to start seeing inflation. Right. Um, this storm seven to 10 months from now, we're going to see the impact of it in terms of the market. 
And what's going to be interesting is let's say somebody bought one of these houses, they did, you know, an FHA loan, or they just put 3% down, they don't have a ton of cash in hand, right? And if they don't have flood insurance, because the lender didn't require it, how are they going to be able to afford to fix this house? Because now great. And I don't, I'd have to ask kind of a, a lender of this, of let's say they want to pull money out of their house. Cause you know, our market's up 70% since COVID. So they probably have a ton of equity in their house right. that they could pull money out. But is a lender going to allow that to happen because there's water damage? Like the value of that property is not top dollar because it's not really sellable right, right. now. Right. Um, because a new owner trying to get insurance you know, you're not going to issue a policy if there's standing water in a house. You're Correct. just saying, no, I'm not going to give you a policy. That, right. that doesn't make right. any sense at all. Right. <laughs> um, and so I think it's going to be really interesting um, to see how that affects those types of properties. Now, you know, hear me say this. A lot of those properties within Sarasota proper, you know, or islands or keys, those areas, they're not really affected. They had some trees. If a right. tree fell down on a, on, a, mm -hmm. on a roof or a house, great. That's hurricane insurance. That's not flood. That's, right. you know, a, a kind of more of a standard, you know, procedure with that. But properties out, you know, way out east, Mayaka City, you know, 45 minutes east from, you know, the water, um, you know, 40 minutes down south from where Sarah, downtown Sarasota is, 45 minutes down south. You know, those properties, they could, you know, it, it could be very interesting to see what's going to happen a year from now, you know, in terms of those properties just sitting there because they don't have the the finances to to be able to do it. So I hadn't yeah. thought about that. And, you know, that, that could be a good video in the future. <laughs> hey, like I said, I, I mean, the flood situation uh, and, and flood can be ra rather inexpensive. OK, yeah. And, and, and flood, the majority of flood uh, is still federal, but we do have companies that are starting to privatize flood. Okay. So we what do you have mean private, by that? private flood insurance would be like uh, uh, just a standalone company. That's not a yep. FEMA backed product. So it's not the NFIP national flood insurance program, which is administered, you know, by, by different companies on behalf yep. of FEMA. Okay. But companies are starting to come in as, you know, XYZ insurance company that's now offering a standalone flood policy that's not FEMA backed, but it's backed by, you know, that insurance company. And yeah. a lot of times that can be much more affordable and actually offer better coverage. So right. we're starting, we're starting to actually uh, write some of our clients uh, on the uh, private flood for areas that are low risk because the low risk areas are even cheaper than what the, the price point is with, uh, mm. uh, with FEMA. Okay. So, Do you think flood insurance premiums are going to skyrocket as well? So I had texted an, another insurance agent and, you know, I'm in flood zone X sure. high enough. I'm not in a high, high risk area. Um, and I think he was saying, again, I can't, don't quote me on this, but I think yeah. it was you know, before we would have been like five, 600 bucks a year to have it. And now it's going to be over $1,500 a year. Well, yeah, well, it, some of that has to do with it, but flood as a national program switched to uh, what their, their, their 2.0 rating. Okay. So they, they've done away with the preferred rated policy and the standard policy, and they've gone yeah. to just one policy. So what we're seeing with them going to one policy, those preferred rated policies that were a flat rate. So you would pay the same amount. I would pay the same amount. Anybody yeah. in the X zone is going to pay that same amount that's not the case anymore. It's much more dynamic. And that's why we're, 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 we're moving some of that client base over to the private flood because, because of the increases in the price point on, on, on the FEMA product, it's much more, uh, it's much more attractive on, on the private side. 
So, um, you know, those are something, uh, you know, something that if, if people are interested in, um, you know, we can have that discussion and, and mm -hmm. we can quote the side by side, the, you know, the FEMA product and the private product and let the client decide, you, you know, what's what they what they would like. Right. Right. Okay. Well, Nino, I want to wrap it up. I'm going to go ahead. Here's all of Nino's contact information right there. I'm going to put that in the video description below. Um, you know, if you're working with me, I've, you've probably have Nino's contact info already because <laughs> I've sent it to a bunch of people. Um, but you know, if you have questions on, on insurance and things like that, premiums, you know, where is, where's the boat going? Nino is a great resource. He's been doing this for a very long time. He's seen a lot of things um, in his experience, actual real life experience and helping families navigate these waters, um, literally <laughs> waters right now uh, with all of that. Um, but Nino, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank and, you. Uh, you know, I just so glad and blessed to have somebody like you that I trust and can, can really work with and, and refer people to. Anytime, man. Awesome. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you want to stay educated on all things real estate and Sarasota, make sure to subscribe.